I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm telling you, this is going to be really fun. This is our second video version of Exploring the Prophetic. So if you're listening to the audio version, you can go on our website or our YouTube or Facebook and find the video version. And right here I have with me Bob Hassan. <laughs> Bob Hassan. We were joking around about his last name because people say it in Middle Eastern and Chinese and they see you and they're like, oh, you're a white guy. Yeah. You know, but this is Bob. And Bob and his wife, Lauren, and their family are amazing people from San Diego. And Bob is a businessman, and he does business consulting, and he's just written a book that's doing amazing called The Business of Honor with Danny Silk, who's a mutual friend of ours. And Danny, I, I joke around about my therapy years with Danny because yeah. Danny took me through the most center healing of anybody in my entire life. He's He helps set order to family and marriage and just life. And was really responsible for the culture of honor message that Bill Johnson has perpetuated in their whole environment. And then you guys took that and wrote the business of honor because of just your background. I mean, I, I won't, I'll let Bob speak about his background for himself, but the level of business he does is beautiful. And the fact that he's decided to come into our sphere of just the ministry world and then to other business leaders and do mentoring and coaching and consulting and these kinds of things, but also to speak spiritually to the foundation is amazing. So we're going to have a great podcast today. We're going to talk about hearing God's voice in the business world. He has some incredible stories, but I just want to welcome you to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Are you kidding? Like, this is one of my favorite shows already. And I know just because I love your story. Well, good. I hope we're going to have fun. <laughs> if we don't, then it's not worth doing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, I want to start out just because we did the panel at Imagine Conferences or Bulls Ministries Conference together. And you shared one story that stuck with Sri and I specifically, and it was when you had one of your biggest contracts you were ever negotiating. It was like going sideways, and God spoke to you to be quiet. And so I wanted to just start with the story because I think it's so fascinating. And Sri and I have had to like <laughs> work through some contracts and some things this year, mm -hmm. and that stuck out to us so much. And we've actually practiced your prophetic word for our own lives, oh, and it actually gosh. made all the difference in negotiating. Not that it works for everybody and every time, but there's something about that that actually, I love when someone tells a prophetic story or a story of hearing God's voice because it becomes a prototype for faith for other people mm -hmm. to listen or to replicate either one. But do you want to start there? Yeah, well, I've been in business for 40 years, and this has never happened. But we, I, uh, my wife and I have a home group, and in the home group, uh, we were going over... Uh, some scripture and and the Lord just spoke to me and said, "You're meeting tomorrow morning at eight a.m. I want you to sing and be quiet." Hmm. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew I was meeting my team at four in the morning to drive up to L.A. where there's no traffic. Exactly. And um, so I met them in Orange County, and then I spent an hour and a half worshiping on the way up. And the Lord spoke to me and said. Um, you are not to speak in this in this negotiation meeting. And the stakes were really, really high. Yes. They were very high in the millions of dollars. Yeah. And 
in my company, I'm the only one who speaks. I have a bunch of high C's and detail-oriented guys and guys who are just really happy with details and producing product. And so when we got into the, uh, when we all got into the same car to debrief, to, uh, to start debriefing for the meeting, we, I just said, listen, this is what the Lord told me and this is what I'm going to do. And arguments started. And you can't not talk. Wow. So we got to the job site. We got into this conference room with 20 people, with, you know, executives, lawyers, that kind of a thing. And right off the bat, uh, they started talking details. And I, so I didn't say a word for two hours. <laughs> I mean, were they just like... Well, they didn't this, realize it was mad? happening. Is he, is he frustrated? Were they trying to like come up with more solutions? No, it, it was a, the natural flow. Wow. Usually in those meetings, I go in and I set the table. Yeah. But they just started writing on the details. And after two hours, uh, their, their lead negotiator stood up and said, Bob, come into my office with me. So we, we walked into another office and I didn't know what I was going to do. So he, he, he ran some numbers on the calculator and he, he gave an offer. And I just looked at him. And then I looked at my notebook and I started writing things. And I looked later, I think I was writing in tongues. Because <laughs> I had no idea. And before I finished write, stopped writing, uh, he, he looked at me and he said, okay, this is going to be my last offer. And he, and he gave us a higher offer. So I figured I might as well write again. And he, he looked down. I could think maybe he was looking at me or frustrated, but he said, this is my final offer. And he raised the offer, and I stuck out my hand, and I shook his hand, and it was done. Wow. Two and a half hours, not saying a word. That's never happened before. To anybody, anywhere. Well, to me. <laughs> no, I think that, and that's one of those stories where it's like, you know, and I love that because the whole context of this, and we have your book right here, The Business of Honor, and um, which I love. I endorse it because I actually originally love it. And what I love is that you, I, like Danny to come out with the, the principles of it, to flesh it out for a specific people group that he's not actually a part of mm -hmm. necessarily. He's a great businessman. I'm not saying that. Oh, but, he's got great. But, he's, yeah, he but as far as, you know, he hasn't been in the business world for 40 years and you start to write into it because you do have this experience where you've gone after major contracts, mm -hmm. things that are way above your, your current status. And all of a sudden you're like, we're going to go for it. We're going to go yeah. after that too. And so you, you understood something, but you, you've been kind of a no compromise guy when it comes to the integrity of what you're going after. Mm -hmm. And your wife is next to you, which is, would probably kick your behind if you if you did compromise. It's all, it's, it's all in the book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We have Lauren, who's yeah. the other side, who's going to be speaking at an event we're doing soon, yeah. because she's also a businesswoman and she's also there. But take us on the journey. Like, tell us some stories about how hearing God's voice in your business and how walking with God and intimacy with God has affected you as a business leader. Well, the interesting thing to finish that story is that it's a great business story that the negotiation came out. But what God was really saying to me is, listen, I've created you to be this great negotiator, mediator, and I want to show you that I can do it for you. Mm. And so it's not on your own strength. Yeah. And so the personal, the personal piece of that was almost more amazing to me than the settlement. Totally. Uh, and then... With regard to your, your 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 question now, I 
I don't compartmentalize my faith. Mm -hmm. So I feel like wherever I go, whether I'm here, whether I'm in the office, whether I'm in meetings, whether I'm in church, whether I'm with my family, I'm the same person. Which is so rare. And so God, I've given God permission just to speak to me. And so I hear the still small voice. It's not dramatic. It's not like I don't hear words like you do, but I always know when I'm hearing them. Yeah. Which is key because that's the whole thing. One of the teaching points that I always say on this show is we're getting Christ's perceptions. Like the first Corinthians two, we have his mind, his perceptions. So a lot of times it sounds like our thoughts. We have to learn how to distinguish like, wait, I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm -hmm. That's not something I would, I'm, I'm learning how to hear his voice. And so in the context of, the business world, but it's also every other world you're in. I like that you're saying you're not compartmentalized, that you've learned how to hear him. And that's so key. Right. And that's, I, I, I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast. And when I'm consulting with someone, if I couldn't have thought it up, it's the Lord. Totally. And, and there's been times when I've given a word from the Lord in the midst of conversation and people will stop me if they're faith-based and say, do, do you know you just gave me a word? I, wow. Yeah, I do. Um, if they're not faith-based, they just think I'm a genius. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Uh. So I usually tell them after, look, I really think that the Lord you know, wanted you to hear that because I, I could have never thought of that. Well, I was with this guy, and it reminds me of that, because he's, he's a Catholic guy, wonderful believer, and he actually um, was kind of figuring out, like, how do I do my relationship with God in my business? He works for directly for the chairman. He's a CEO of a company mm-hmm. and a multinational company, this whole thing. And he said, well, I, I told God he could be my business partner. And I remember just looking at him going, I don't think that's how it works. I think that's like saying, I told God he could have 10% of my money the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I said, when we surrender to Christ, mm-hmm. it's a full surrender. He actually wants to be your boss. He actually wants to be your father. He actually wants to right. be like, not just someone conveniently that helps consult you, but actually he wants to, so there's kind of a surrender process. And I've heard you sometimes when you're talking about, there's kind of before and after moments in your life where you were one person before, and then all of a sudden there was this transformation that happened. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to talk about in that transformation? Well, I never believed that God loved me. Mm. And so even as a mature Christian, I could pray for you and tell you how much God loved you, but I never believed it. And so I went through this process of realizing that I'm this loved son of God, which I operate in now. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I know it, that I know it, that I know it. And so some decisions you make from, um, you know, sort of an orphan identity, if you will, aren't the best decisions (laughs) because you're trying to control everything yourself. Mm And the notion of surrender, the notion of thinking, um, do I believe God's sovereign? Yes, I do. Then I have to believe it in this situation yeah. is, is where I'm trying to live. I'm trying to live at that intersection of the kingdom of heaven and uh, strategy or the practical. Yeah. So I, how I'm trying to live my life is yielded recognizing that in everywhere I go, God's speaking to me and then doing what he said, what, what he's asking me. So walk me through one of the first times that that happened in the business arena, like where you felt like the intersection was recognizable because there's a lot of people who are business people out there that are listening to this or all kinds of people from different spheres who are saying, that's what I want to learn how to recognize. How do I find the intersection between 
heaven and earth, so to speak, or connecting to God this way? Well, I would say, you know, I found that most dramatically in the story, in this negotiation story, but in the consulting work that I do, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm consulting with pastors, they're, Hey, we're going to go change the world. I can't wait to go change the world. And I say, Hey, you want to bring some strategy to this? And they say, that's from the devil. (laughs) Oh, really? I, there's a scripture that talks about, I know the plans I have for you. So, uh, you know, it's bringing them down on the continuum to the intersection of faith and strategy. Business guys tend to say, uh, I got my plan. I've got my one year, three year, five year strategic mm-hmm. plan. And I don't need to pray about it because I've got my plan. Yeah. And so bringing them down the continuum to bringing the kingdom of heaven into their business is where, what I'm looking for. Yeah. And that's interesting because when you hear God's voice, when you're looking for a different result, and you're not looking for the one, three, five year that you can manufacture in your own, even your own gift that God gave you. Right. But you're saying, I actually am believing for God to bring me through a different result so I know there's a different process. So it doesn't mean you don't plan because I love plans and goals too, but there's something about that planning process mm-hmm. that's different when you're opening yourself up to God and he might take mm-hmm. you a totally like from A to W and then back right. to B versus just a, you know, a, a corporate ladder you can climb, so to speak. Right. And that's what I found is when you look at your strategic plan, you look back, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. You end up getting there, but you've gone in a completely circuitous route. Yeah. And it's because God has one of the best stories that I have is I was consulting with a large church and, uh, their, their cash flow was terrible. Which is pretty typical. Which is typical. Yeah. So I went in, the first thing I did is went in and built a, a cash flow forecast for them. And let's say I, it was in January or February. This cash flow forecast showed that in September or October, they were going to be out of money. And then the next month, they were going to be upside down $200,000. Wow. So, and they probably lived in that kind of that's tension. That's how they all lived. The time. They lived yeah. in that tension. And so <clears throat> the executive pastor, I had him highlight that line in that month put it in front of, put it in your on your desk in front of your desk on the wall he tacked it up and now we are going to watch god do a practical miracle and that is not going to happen and he rolled up his sleeves and i give the, he, he and his team this incredible credit cuz they listened to advice they they tightened themselves down they called vendors they stretched out payments and sure enough, when we got to that point in time, they had plenty of money in the bank. Wow. And now, three years later, uh, they have millions of dollars in a building fund and wow. in an operating fund. Uh, and so what I saw out of that was they had their staff praying, their intercessors praying. Um, we, we, didn't want to do any, we didn't want to do any cuts, any 15% salary reduction we yeah. just wanted to let God do it. I believe God not only owns all the cattle on the hills, he owns all the hills. Yeah, absolutely. And so why not us? Yeah. Why do we have to be victimized by finances? And why do you think like most people get into that that position? Do you think it is the the the, the strategic part or do you think it's I mean there's so many maybe you can't quantify in one answer, but mm-hmm. I think with nonprofits and churches and religious corporations um, the leader is charismatic and wants to change the world. Yeah. And, and I think that then the focus on the practical isn't, isn't, isn't there. there. Right. Yeah. 
How about in businesses? Like when you see business leaders, because I see a lot of business leaders, same problem, cash flow problems. Mm-hmm. They they do well for a while, and then they think it's always going to be that way. So mm-hmm. then they don't plan correctly. They don't plan um, the ebbs and flows. And so what do you tell business well, leaders? Yeah, I, I'm, I manage my business by cash flow, not by profit and loss. Okay. So, and hopefully by doing that, then the profit, the profit follows, but a business or any, any entity has to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And so the most important thing about getting from point A to point B is cash flow. Yeah. So if we can manage and understand our cash flow, then, then our business will follow suit. And so many times, um, you know, think about your personal finances, your credit card debts get high, you get overwhelmed, you can't make your bills, you want to put your head in the sand, you cry out to the Lord, why am I such a victim? My boss should, <laughs> my boss should be paying me more, totally. I need more money, and, and this whole cycle perpetuates itself. Uh, the same in business. There's many leaders don't want to look at what the reality is. Mm-hmm. And so... And so what, what I like to do is just take a hard look. What is reality? Here's the reality. Now we can start asking the Lord along with strategic planning to maybe involve banks or involve your vendors yeah. or involve different people within your business to help you through. Because you're, everybody who's associated with your business, from your employees to uh, your vendors to your customers, has a stake in your business. They mm-hmm. want you to succeed. So if you actually humble yourself and come to them and say, listen, I'm having these problems. Can I extend terms? Mm-hmm. Um, they will do that. If you yeah. go tell the bank, here's the truth. They will listen. But I think it's going back to that picture. And I think that's part of how you're wired is to see this practical side of things that a lot of people don't like to look at because mm-hmm. it defeats their faith. It it's, creates a picture that if you don't see it with spiritual eyes, is actually causes a deflation, so to speak, of some of that hyper faith or some of that I mean, that place of like we're going to change the world, but we can't pay our <laughs> church rent, or right. we're going to change the world, but we are go- defaulting on a loan we had as a business or whatever. It's when you're defaulting, you're you're still trying to live in this grace bubble. So I love that you see practically. Mm-hmm. I do want to maneuver this conversation though, because I want to talk about some of the contracts that you've had even here in LA and some of things I'm not sure what you can talk about or what you feel comfortable talking about, but a lot of these things like you guys, God gave you some epic contracts and some of these things have had uh, every epic contract has its challenges. But is there anything that you can tell us about like maybe one of the contracts as a company where God steered it or just a God story in the midst of it? We're doing a, a, a large hospital in Northern California and um, we work by relationship. So the general contractor who hired us <clears throat> hired us because of relationship. And he said, listen, I need a friend in, you know, in Northern California on this job because it's a tough owner. And the, the owner has been tough. The job was supposed to have been completed in uh, 24 months. And we're now going on 50 months. Oof. Wow. So there's cost overruns, there's, uh, there's general condition extensions. The owner is trying not to pay, but this, this guy who hired me, who is you know, a Western region executive, he has said, listen, I, I got you into this mess and I'm going to help you out. And, and so as we go through the legal process and all the documents that have to be written up, instead of him 
taking the owner's side, which would be easier, he has looked at my side as a subcontractor and said, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to wow. dedicate manpower through this. That's wow. a God story because generally in business, that does not happen. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's trying to get out of everything. Mm -hmm. and, and so just watching him do that is and amazing. And he's owned his he's owned his half of the responsibility, and mm -hmm. I've owned my half. And one of the things I love about Business of Honor is I'm using Danny's principles of uh, keep your love on and mm -hmm. you know connection, communication, and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I apply that into business. I am who I am in business. I'm not going to change my personality or who I am. If I'm scared, I'm going to tell him I'm scared. If I'm vulnerable, I'm going to tell him, listen, you have me in a vulnerable place wow. here. Uh, I'm not afraid to uh, just tell people how I'm feeling. Which is so counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. But it's so rewarding in the sense of when it's grounded with a ground wire of faith. And when God is, God is always behind me. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and so when he speaks a word to me in these meetings that are hard... Um, you know, I'll, I'll, spe I'll speak the word out. I, I don't thus saith the Lord, Yeah. but um, it, it definitely is the Lord. And I've said some things like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this they're going to kill me. But when it's the truth, it, it really cuts through um, the rhetoric and allows people to know what the truth is. Yeah. So when you speak a truth about actually this is what your organization did, and this is how we've been impacted. And it's the truth. And it's not an accusation. And it's done in love. Then um, I find incredible results from it. That's so good. Okay, I have a final question. What's the riskiest thing that you've ever listened to God to do and you actually did? It could be on any level. It doesn't have to be business. It could be <clears> anything else. Not Lauren's, because Lauren has some risky ones, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't piggyback off Lauren's. Yeah. Lauren's are so... Both of you guys have taken so many risks. I mean, mm -hmm. some of the things your wife has told me that would scare me in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> she, she gave us faith. Just so you know, him and his wife have given us so much faith for the story that we've been in the midst of the story, because we've been kind of going from just kind of making some leaps and multiplication. I, you know what people have like a little bit of addition to? Yeah. And God keeps multiplying us, and I, we keep looking at you guys going... Help! <laughs> yeah, well, what do we do? Well, it's like we're traumatized I, I mean, by God's goodness. Help us! I would say, uh, I would say, uh, you know, my wife hears from the Lord. So yeah. we bought a piece of property in the uh, '90s, in the in the recession in the '90s, and she wanted to build her dream house. Yeah. Um, and through the recession in the '90s, the late '80s, the early '90s, my business suffered some huge setbacks to the point where um, God had to do a miracle. And on my financial statements, the, uh, the bank said, well, what's this, what's this raw land? And I said, ah, this is a piece of land that we own. We were, we were going to build a house on it. Have you ever had it appraised? No. So they sent an appraiser out and it, appra it appraised for the exact amount of money that we needed from the bank. Wow. So this, this lot that was hopefully Lauren's dream house became the vehicle that collateralized the business in order to get through seven years of, of uh, not being healthy. I didn't know that story. So when we came out of, when we came out of this, um, all of a sudden, and I wanted to sell that lot. 
And Lawrence, we are not selling that lot. This is our land. Thank God our wives God, are from God. God right? gave, gave, gave us to us. The, the city tried to take it by eminent domain. Wow. She appeared at the fire board and said, this is our land. And she started quoting scriptures. And I just stood next to her and listened. And the fire chief said, is there any uh, anything you have to say, Mr. Hassan? And I said, nope. And he said, obviously, you're a smart man. Exactly. <laughs> so, so at any rate, how cool is it that it came to fruition that we were able to build her dream house, yeah. which we live in now? And it wasn't just a dream house. It was actually a, a ministry center. A ministry center, yeah. And you guys actually have, we when have, they say they have a home group, they can actually house yeah. quite a few hundreds of people there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Crazy. So, so the risky piece was in that, listening to God. I love that. Trying to, I want to I bless my wife, but it, it all worked out. And... I think, you know, I have story after story of these hard things that God has brought people through when they decide, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to lean not into my own understanding. Yeah. And, and God can operate in the practical. So the miracles I see are practical miracles. Which are some of my favorites. Sri and I love those. I mean, legs, yeah. people, it's great when somebody's leg grows. It's great when yeah. somebody's raised from the dead or the blind. Yeah. I've never seen that stuff. But what I have seen is businesses saved, personal finances saved, practical things changed by the grace of God and by the prophetic word. Yeah. Well, I love that you're being a father in, in the business community by writing the book, The Business of Honor. I want to encourage you guys to make sure you can see it. Can they see it, Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> business of Honor. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank Seriously, you, Sean. people can get Business of Honor on Amazon, but also you have a website. So um, what's your website? On bobhasson.com. And on lovingonpurpose.com on Danny's website. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. This has been fun. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. And I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. <laughs>